Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. This is a great day. Why is it a great day? Because we're alive, folks. We're doing it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. I'm forever grateful for you guys. I hear a tapping. I don't know if it's a dog's tail or if it's inside my head because Lord knows what day it is. How is it already October? That's what I want to know. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Mud Water, which is my coffee alternative. I get such horrible jitters, you know, and everyone needs coffee. We all need coffee, but sometimes we can't deal with the, with the aftermath, which is, oh shit, just hit my knee, which is me having, you know, a hard time falling asleep. And then I'm like, why am I having a hard time falling asleep? And then I realized, oh, I had a cup of coffee. And then I'm like, oh no, I had a cup of coffee. I'm going to start to get anxiety. And then I start to get anxiety. And then I think about the fact that, you know, death is imminent and we never know when it's going to come. And then I'm like, oh no, am I going to die in my sleep? Some people die in their sleep. And then some people die when they're crossing the street. What if I make it through my sleep and then I cross the street and then I die then? So I had to stop drinking coffee. I had to stop because it just got to be too much. It really, truly did. And it made me shaky and jittery and weebly and wobbly. So I had to, I had to get that, that hoe and, and kick her to the curb. And I had to find a new hoe. And Mudwater is my new hoe. It is vegan. It's gluten-free. It's delicious. Honestly, it's great for this time of year. It has a bunch of adaptogens in it. What are adaptogens? Well, they're herbs that help you deal with stress and help your body deal with stress. Specifically like mushrooms. It's got reishi, chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, a lot of really beneficial things in this cup of non-coffee. A seventh of the caffeine of coffee. A seventh. How much is a seventh? It's one of a seventh. I failed math. All I know is it's got a lot less caffeine. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel good knowing that it's healthy for me. Plus it's got simonin. I love simonin. Simonin, however you say that word. Also cacao. Cacao. A little bit of sea salt. It's just absolutely delicious. And because I love it so much, I've been drinking it for a couple years now. They decided to partner up with me. They are the official sponsors of the podcast. So to celebrate, we are giving you guys 15% away off of your purchase. <laughs> I'm sending you away. <laughs> 15% off of your entire purchase. Mudwater.com forward slash sharp tongue. Use code sharp tongue at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. You're welcome. Thank me later. You can add it to your smoothies. You can put it in a hot water, cold water. You could even boof it if you wanted to. It is so delicious. You can bake with it. Hell, throw it up in the air, let your dog walk through it, put cute little paw marks everywhere. It's your day. It's your life. Live it how you want to. Just make sure you go over to Mudwater, M-U-D-W-T-R, because we don't have time for vowels. We need you to get this stuff. Well, the U is a vowel, but you know, as far as like the A and E are concerned, fuck them. We don't have time for them. We need you to get the Mudwater. Mudwater.com forward slash sharp tongue. Use code sharp tongue at the checkout to get 15% off your purchase. I also want to thank you guys for subscribing to my YouTube page. If you have not done so, 
do it because that's where all the podcast videos are being released if you'd like to watch this in video form, which I highly recommend because I'm fucking adorable. I've got cheekbones for days and a really cute nose, not to mention my guest today is also equally as adorable. Go to my YouTube page, subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Become a part of the party. Join the freaking party and have some fun, a lot of fun videos. And if you want exclusive videos where you can only get in one spot, support and join the fan club. Patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Google how to spell it. It is a very difficult name to spell, but I have faith in you. Join that fan club. Get exclusive videos. I post um, candid things, me just kind of sitting in, in my house, me scooting around with the dogs. I just said scooting. Who scoots around with dogs? Homeless people do. I'm not homeless. It's a lot of fun. That's the fan club, patreon.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso support. I appreciate it ahead of time. And as always, you guys can get me up on Cameo. I'll send your your racist aunt a video. Let her know she's got to stop being so much of a Karen in this new climate. Cameo is a really fun app where you can book your favorite celebrities, athletes, and personalities to send you a custom video. I am available for hiring. Well, it's more of like a booking. You're not really hiring. I'm not your, you know, like just some sort of stage monkey, but I will send you a really fun video. Go right over to the Cameo app, put it on your phone, and then you search for my name, Jesse Mae Peluso, and you can book me right on the app. So much fun. And a portion of everything you support goes towards the Alzheimer's Association and Hilarity for Charity. I sometimes forget to mention that. So don't forget, when you support me, you're also supporting a good cause. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm excited about today's episode. It is featuring the CEO of Mudwater, who is a very interesting dude, very dynamic fella, intelligent and super involved in health and fitness and pretty self-aware for a dude. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm only coming from the experiences I've had with men. And this guy is pretty self-aware. Take note, fellas. Self-awareness is key to growth. Also for the ladies, self-awareness is key to growth. And if you're not growing, you're slowing. And nobody wants to deal with some slow sloth that doesn't want to work on themselves. Okay, we don't have time for that. 2021's almost over. I'm getting Brad Pitt fit and that's it. So thank you guys again for subscribing to this podcast. I'm super excited about this episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave a little review. If you have some time, if you don't mind, go on to the iTunes and leave us a review for the podcast. I love to hear how you guys are enjoying it. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy a joy. I hope you experience joy and enjoy this episode with Mudwater CEO, Mr. Shane Heath. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, 
comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Jonathan on my team is actually just saying when you type fart on your iPhone, it automatically (laughs) uh, makes like a fart surfer (laughs) emoji. It's Fart Friday. You don't even know what that is. Everybody, Mr. Mudman himself. Shane Heath. If they just put an L in your name, it would represent everything that you kind of represent. People on our team call me Sean Health. That's like my (laughs) alternate ego. (laughs) That's who you are, though. Yes, I'm getting there. Were you always such a healthy... You're like literally, for your age, probably like one of the healthiest dudes I know. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because you yeah, don't really I've, booze a lot, do you? No, no. I've probably had like 20 drinks this year. <laughs> I've had and 20 like, drinks today. And like 10 of them were last weekend at a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that when you told me you went to a bachelor party. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if you balled out. We went We went pretty big. I mean, it was like a last minute bachelor party, COVID style, um, but rented a couple rooms at a hotel here in LA, staycation, went pretty big. Yeah. What, did you feel like, because you don't drink, did you feel that like brutality that's after? The, that's Ugh. the weird part is like, I don't, I didn't feel hungover at all. Like the next day I felt actually great. So I don't know if it was like giving my body, my liver a break. Cause I partied a lot in college. Um, I don't believe like, that. Like I was, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, did you have like a cocktail? Uh, did you have, I imagine you had no, one was, wine cooler. I was <laughs> getting after it for like two years in college. Um, a lot of beer pong. But I think it was more like I love drinking games more than the actual drinking. So <laughs> I would just play those all night. Um, Did you yeah, guys play drinking games at the at the bachelor party? Yeah. Yeah. Was it just a bunch of dudes? You guys didn't do like the traditional <laughs> no. TNA? It wasn't like strippers kind of thing. No. It, it, like, it was more like frat style. Right. Like you just guys are you're just going crazy. Yeah. Just screaming at each other like I'm pretty Animal sure House. the bachelor, he doesn't remember after 7.30 p.m. Like he was talking to his fiance the next day. Like, I overheard him on the phone. She's like, how'd it go? Like, you guys go to dinner? He's like, no, we didn't go to dinner. We just kind of hung out in the room and partied. And it's like, we fully went to dinner. Like, there was, like, <laughs> toasts. There was, like, amazing food, conversations, photos. Doesn't remember it at all. When you like, just said toast, I don't know why, but my brain <laughs> well, <toast> literally, <laughs> literally imagined toast. I was like, why did you guys have toast? <laughs> Like they the were toasts. Stupidest food to have. <laughs> we were on a budget. We had toast. <laughs> Is he it's that young? frat life? Um, he's thirty-three. That's so young to get married, don't you think? For me, yeah. I mean, I feel like at least ten more years. Maybe you could think yeah, about getting time, married. Take, take your time. time. I feel no. like you get married anytime in your early thirties. You're just guaranteed to get a divorce. But maybe that's my skewed. Because your parents are still together. My parents and grandparents. And your, gra- and your grandparents go yeah. out partying. Yeah, together. Like both sides. No, yeah. That's just... And they got... Most of them... I think my grandparents both got married when they were... Like both sides got married when they were either in their teens or early 20s. So like my mom's side, my grandma got married when she was 18. And then my dad's side, my grandpa was like 21. So you've had a pretty healthy perspective perspective on, of long, relationships on like love and that that stuff yeah for sure so but like i feel like i have like a pressure it's like i gotta find like the one because it's like these unbroken bonds 
Yeah, if you don't, I wonder what happens to your family. Like, if you don't find the one, maybe you get murdered. Don't say the D word. (laughs) No divorces in our family. (laughs) (laughs) If you get married and then you tell them you're going to get a divorce, they literally kill you. Yeah, they're like, well, we divorce you. You can divorce her. It's fine. You get excommunicated from life. I would imagine there's a lot of pressure to that. I have zero pressure. (laughs) Zero. Like, there's no pressure whatsoever. Probably why I'm 38 and, like, still just kind of like, figure it out. But I don't know. I think like what you see definitely affects what you want, you know, as far as like relationships go. Mm -hmm. Was there any sort of, did you grow up with any sort of like, what was the most traumatic thing that happened to you? (laughs) Well, nothing too crazy. I mean, my dad definitely has a temper. He was kind of like a, he's a badass, like fighter, like trained jujitsu from a young age and definitely would get very angry at me and then me and my sister were very close in age so there was a lot of fights between us and whenever she would get sad or mad my dad would come after me and so that kind of thing would happen Um, but I wouldn't say like traumatic as much as like formulative like it made me who I am and um, yeah I mean I would see my parents fight here and there and stuff like that too but that's so I just I can't believe that you have all of all of your relationships are still together like mm-hmm. it, it's just such a dichotomy to like I grew up and my mom my mom had married <laughs> married the neighbor's dad I always say that because it just sounds funny but literally the guy who lived like four houses no, down the guy next door yeah like pretty much <laughs> yeah. the guy next door and so I always uh, joke that like on holidays we you know we were at my house and then we'd have to go to my dad's house and then my dad's parents were separated, so we had to go to, like, literally 16 houses on the holidays <laughs> because everyone was divorced. <laughs> we just did, like, this crazy, like, kamikaze Star of David yeah. trip around to see everybody. No, it keeps the holidays very simple. Um, and presents are great, you know, so. Yeah, like, you guys can be all in one, ho- yeah. one home. Yeah, yeah. And your sister, she's you said she's a celebrity hairstylist. Yeah. I looked her up a she's little bit. She's killing it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, she's here in LA and she has she has two kids. She just got engaged. How old is she? She is 30. It's so young. Yeah. But you know what? I'm not worried about her. Yeah. I'm not worried about her because of how you guys were raised. Mm-hmm. See, that's <laughs> yeah. the difference. I really, truly think like that's the difference. She was also like, she's younger than me, but like, she's older than me in a lot of ways. Like she always wanted to get in that like family life, like have kids. Like when I used to party a lot, I would go over and she'd like take care of me and make me cookies. She was like my mom away from home. That's so, so she's sweet. like older than me in so many ways. And like, I look up to her in a lot of ways, but you know, it goes both ways. That's just being yeah. a woman. I feel like we generally, we have to be older. Yeah. We have to mature just cause things are trying to fuck us all day long and attack us. So it makes us have to develop a little bit yeah. more in each area. And, and most women I know are like extreme multitaskers and also have like, you know, the emotional capacity of like some sort of wild goddess or Greek mythology, like some creature from the past. Like there were very deep oceans of emotion. It's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. especially as like a dude like do you feel like you're emotionally developed like do you feel like you're someone like in relationships are you emotionally available or are you do you like kind of does it take you a while to open up it definitely takes me a while to open up but I think that's because I am pretty emotionally available once I'm in mm. like I do a lot of work like 
I think through meditating, I think through art in general, like I'm pretty, I have good access to my own thoughts and emotions. And um, so it can get kind of intense. Like I can fall in love, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. And your art, like you're constantly creating, like whenever I'm talking yeah. to you, you're like, I'm working on creating painting. How, do you ever, because for me, like doing comedy, it takes a lot of energy in, in creating yeah. something like this that we're sitting in front of. It's, it's something that you don't just whip up. Mm-hmm. Like, does it, what do you do to prepare to paint? Is there, is there a routine? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's Picasso who says like, you create, you create, so you're available when creativity strikes. Like you just constantly want to be in that space, even when you don't want to be. Ooh. So I try to always be in that. I always try to make myself create, even if I'm not feeling it, because then eventually it will it'll be there um but as far as like getting into that flow I yeah I mean it could take hours before I actually feel like I'm excited to paint you know and so I have to just like fight through it there's like struggles it's kind of like a meditation practice where you're like this isn't really working the flow isn't there then all of a sudden it hits and then I can like flow for hours into like the wee hours of the night. Oh, the sweet flow zone. It's so good. That elusive flow zone. It's such a hard place to get to, but once you're in it creatively, there's no other, there's no, there's no other feeling. It's like your, your, your body, your soul and everything else in existence is within alignment Mm -hmm. and you're on this axis where everything's rotating around you, but it doesn't come easy. And you do a lot of work. You do a lot of self work. That's why I say like as a dude, you have to know that you are 10 times ahead of like 99.9% of guys out there. (laughs) I don't know if you know that or not, but you need to know that because (laughs) it's like, it's ridiculous. The amount of self work you do, like you do jujitsu, you've got, um, meditation, breath work, the freaking plunge. I could not, (laughs) I'm still determined to, you know, get into that space but what out of all these things that you do do you attribute to being able to get into that flow zone or is it accumulation of all of it yeah I think what feels best about that space is it almost doesn't feel like you're working right it's like it's not coming from you it's coming from something else and so I do all those things to kind of create that flow I call it like from intuition like it feels like it's coming from like a deeper rooted spot than thought and so I think like having a healthy mind, body, it like makes room for that to come through. Yep. Um, so there isn't like any one thing, but like things like sleeping well, meditating, I feel like really creates that like space for it kind of like quiets a lot of the internal dialogue that can create like hiccups or writer's block. Um, the doubt and, that comes yeah, up. Yeah, the doubt. I, I try to journal a lot, um, but in general, like doing hard things like all the time makes doing something like I don't really feel like painting today like really easy yeah it is it is a constant um it's like perspective shifts all the time like setting the perspective because if I wake up and I just like jump right into work the spectrum of what is really stressful or really hard is like set by the hardest thing that I see that day but if I wake up and go and like sit in the cold plunge and then go to work it's like this isn't that bad like yeah, because your toes got frozen off. Yeah, at my 6 toes were about to fall off. Yeah, so um, that's super helpful. It is. It's it's also um, 
I think the constant shock and release that you put your body through on different spectrums, like when it comes to cold plunging, obviously there's a lot more of your systems that are at play and there's much more of like a healthy amount of stress that your body's going mm-hmm. through. And then there's a, a come down. And then when it comes to like meditation, it's the reverse. So like these different things that you implement into your life. And I talk about a lot on the podcast about self-care and self-work and these things being things you can implement. It's they, they meet in the middle. They all yeah. sort of complement each other, but like sleep. It's, you're, you're a white belt at sleeping for sure. I'm not very good at sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it to get a good night's sleep. I have to do I'm like a white belt. everything good. I don't yeah, know you've been sending a, me your, your like sleep scores. Is like, that a good belt? That's like the big, like you just started. Oh, I'm terrible. <laughs> I sent you my scores and it's bright yeah. red. It's like, I was like, are you concerned? Cause you should be. I'm dead. I'm sending you my sleep scores. Yeah. It's like, it looks like the hills of California. It's so red. And, you know, stress management, I think, is the core, for me, the core of being balanced in sleep and getting mm-hmm. good sleep. And most people, they just, they dig their, they just shove their stress down. They're doing yeah. everything they can to pile stuff on top of it. But, like, if you were talking to, I was thinking about this on the way over. If you were talking to some guy who's like in the Midwest, like typical salt of the earth, American man who may mm-hmm. not have the access to the things you have access to, or just the knowledge of all the things you implement into your life, like a bro in, you know, like North Dakota. Yeah. What would you say to him to get started, to start to unpack the lifestyle so that he can achieve a balanced living yeah i think so it's kind of hard for some people i think because we're really adaptive so like if you aren't if you don't really care like you might think i'm fine like i'm great but i don't you don't know what your threshold is or you don't know what your baseline is compared to like what it could feel like so like for me when i started to cut out caffeine when i started at least like afternoon caffeine this was like years ago before mud water um i stopped drinking coffee or caffeine after like 12 Uh, I stopped like eating before going to sleep, like giving myself at least three hours and I stopped watching any sort of TV and then I started meditating before bed, like those four things that are pretty simple, pretty accessible, like free, essentially. You're like eating less almost. Um, I started waking up with like this different feeling, like it was like, whoa, like I feel refreshed, like it was a refreshing feeling um, versus like years prior of feeling a certain type of way, but thinking that was just how you're supposed to feel. And then I think that just like opened my mind, like what, like how far does this go? Like how much better can I feel? So like starting with cutting out blue light altogether, you can get blue light blockers if you like have to do some computer work late at night, but in general, like stopping, like once it gets dark outside, like you shouldn't really be taking in blue light through your eyes because it's decreasing your, your mind, your brain's melatonin secretion, which is really what allows you to drop into like deep REM sleep. That's like why you're getting red scores on there. I feel, I feel like triggered. I feel Like attacked. even if you feel like you're sleeping for eight hours, I mean, I have the same problem. Like I'll sleep for eight hours and then my, I like don't feel that rested. I feel like I was kind of like, like I wasn't tossing and turning even. It was just like I was, I was asleep all night, but I didn't get REM or deep sleep. Like I wasn't dreaming or anything. And for me, that's like a lot of, blue light like I wasn't didn't have a lot of melatonin production and then I didn't like disassociate my mind from the day where like 
it's essentially like going to sleep with all your folders open on your computer, like your ba- your desktop's like covered with screenshots and you, your mind is like holding space for all that, thinking that if it if it goes completely offline, you're going to forget something. And um, like that's a probably an evolutionary trait that's beneficial in some ways, but like you have to control your mind in order to be like, I don't need to keep those folders open. I can close that out in my mind and that allows your body, mind to just go and drift off. So those things like really helped me. It's, it Those takes a lot to sort of change, because like you said, people are like, oh, this works for you me. You have to like want it, right? You really do have to <laughs> want it, but... If, if you're fine with how you are, I guess, then that's good. But the average person is living a really unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to express, <laughs> like, I'm some sort of beacon yeah. of health. I smoke weed. I, I like an occasional glass of wine and, you know, there's obviously a sleep issue because I'm on my device, but the things I've implemented have made worlds of a difference for me. Mm -hmm. Even just like the meditation alone, like I started meditating every day, probably almost a month ago now. And, um, you know, I did that leading up to the project I was working on for Netflix so I could be like fully present and like get into that flow zone. Yeah. Clear out some of those fi- those folders that are open in my mm-hmm. mind, which meditation is amazing for. Yeah. And it made me fully focused so that I could, you know, for me, it kind of does what you described with cold plunge meditation in the morning for me. Um, because my brain is constantly working. It sort of cleans out all of this excess thought that doesn't help it's not um efficacious for any production or any creativity so it cleans all that out and then when i'm done i it's not even that i feel calm i just feel like clear Mm -hmm. and um sort of able to i move more like water yeah after if that makes sense and then when anything stressful happens i don't even i don't feel it my heart rate doesn't increase i can process it it's almost like i understand information more yeah yeah um, and so it worked great for the production and then like everything that happened with my mom, you know, that stressful, mm. you know, situation with her, it also helped me process pain and mm-hmm. I, I just made more space in my mind to be able to accept things and to, to process them. Not that I, I wasn't feeling them, but it didn't have such a detrimental hit to my system. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like creating, you're developing like the muscle of having an observer of your life like if you just live life and just taking in inputs and just acting and thinking and feeling from that that's like one thing that can lead to like patterns and behaviors that maybe aren't the best for you and then developing this like observer mind when you meditate you're basically doing the same things but you're also just watching that right so you're like seeing the thoughts come through and you're just like hmm <laughs> like that's interesting and ultimately maybe you're able to be like well, that's actually not true or that's not helpful. And like the way I acted isn't how I want to act. And you're able to like see it from that perspective, rewrite your mind in some ways or rewrite your actions in the future. And like, if you're not doing that, like your life is kind of just being run by outside inputs. So it's like your way of adding an input into your actions. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. It's like you start to have more control. And especially now in this day and age where most of our, our, connection communication and just daily existence there is a device that is in our hand and these devices have algorithms that are built to keep us on the device and think for us essentially it starts to just dictate how we're thinking have you seen the social dilemma no but i've heard about it and i want to watch it and i'm terrified wild yeah (laughs) 
what's yeah, it, what's like your biggest a lot takeaway? of the well, I was just gonna add to that, like a lot of the um the like things about improving sleep and like meditation and all that, like to a certain degree, it sounds like high maintenance like shit almost, but really it's not like you're actually just doing less like it's where it's you're either doing less or you're counteracting all the, the high maintenance that you do outside of um the healthy things for you like you're on your phone all the time you're take you're watching the news like marketing advertising getting just like stressed out all day long and like these types of things is just like you have to kind of counteract some of that yes so there's that component and then things like not eating before bed like that's not high that's taking away an action like it's all it's kind of like simplifying actually but like when you describe it like I do this I do that I do that like really a lot of what you're doing is not doing things yeah <laughs> and so it's actually more simple um it does sound like you're piling stuff on like all the <laughs> shit that you say you're doing but you're you it's, you yeah. add more it sounds like you're doing more but you're you're, you're making doing space. a lot less you're doing in, in so reality much less. yeah yeah um let's see social dilemma do people like do you think everyone needs to watch it is it that sort of thing um, probably. I think a lot of people already know kind of most of the, like, what it's about, um, like, being, like, social media apps and these, like, the incentives of these companies are to attract and hold your attention. And so there's just a simple, like, misaligned incentive to our personal health and mental well-being where it's not that, like, necessarily the people at the heads of these companies are, like, <laughs> how do I, like, get these people? Um, they're not trying to, like, ruin your lives like they probably think that they're bringing I think the initial intent was like we're going to bring happiness to somebody's life or or value like we're going to create the Facebook like button because it creates community and these types of things but like it's there just wasn't a conscious understanding of human behavior probably that like could you couldn't even foresee what it would turn into ever like nobody really thought it would turn into what it did. And so now we're at this place where there's like advertising dollars and it's like woven into society in such a way that it's really hard to dismantle. And so they're, they're basically like presenting it as like a, it's like a pandemic. It's like an emergency. Oh it's like oh five years from now, like there was like five year or 10 year. It was like, if this doesn't get solved now, like we're toast kind of thing. Like you're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. That's your word. You're like, we're going to be like, whoa. We're going to be like, not even say whoa, because we're toast. Like, you can't even say whoa. And, yeah, not, like, it's, and not like it's the toast toast, like actual toast. We can't even have we're toast. We're going to be burnt toast. Yeah. We're not going to we be toasting will. about toast, because we're going to be burnt to shit. Yeah. Which I don't kind know if it's happening. But yeah, it, they're just talking about how eventually it just divides culture, and like, that's kind of what you're seeing now. Well, because people, it causes it hysteria. Seems, mm -hmm. It causes chaos. And it's kind of hard to see because it's like you can't look at Instagram and be like Instagram. It doesn't like look inherently harmful. You're like cool, like sunsets and bikinis and whatever. And then you're like, how does this how is this like a threat to our lives? But it, it so it takes, you know, it, it explains all that. It does. It feels like it, it feels threatening into what it can do and what it is doing to children. Mm. You know, like seeing kids just on I, I just don't think young kids should have an instagram account what why would a young child need an instagram account i i know it's like the thing to do but it just feels like that's where it gets a little bit shady like it, think about high school like when you went when i went we didn't have all of that mm -mm. and imagine just how bad it is without it yeah how cruel kids are without it and then you throw in 
Instagram where not only are you getting insulted in the hallways, now you've got like a whole page made about, you know, whatever yeah. your knobby knee or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> it's such a um, hashtag. Knobby yeah. Knee. You've got hashtags that are about you. You know, you don't even, it's, yeah. it's such another layer of uh, something to overcome as a child that just feels like a, an infringement on your freedom in that time in your life. You know? Yeah. It's like giving bullies like the ultimate weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bullies thrive on oh, yeah. social media it's such a good tool for them you know what's so funny is like um after the couple times i've been on rogan he always says don't read the comments like he says that to everybody He's like yeah, don't yeah. read the comments it's not even worth it and i like i don't really um but obviously you pass by a couple ones just when you're on your page or whatever and i'll respond to like the meanest one yeah but it not that i get butthurt i just respond in a way that's like you know, either I agree with them or I just sort of diffuse it. And then they always respond with, oh, hey, I'm such a big fan. Yeah. What? So we we respond, like, we get a ton of troll-type comments, too. And, like, people On are like, why do you say fuck coffee? Like, fuck mud. Like, stupid, like, just weird <laughs> shit like that. And oh, people who are part of coffee's bros? Yeah, they're, like, coffee protectors and stuff. <laughs> and we... Like we have a whole channel where we share like Paul and I especially, um, but we like clap back on people, but we don't like, like I'll, I call it playing like Zor like the Matador, like they're a bull and I like let them kind of like run through their own, their, <laughs> their own, own aggression, yeah. their own bullshit, and um, it's super fun and like, I totally agree. Like a lot of times you'll just see some troll just drop this like one line and we're like, I was really like man, I'm really glad you like found his place to express yourself. Like, it's a beautiful thing. I want to give you a platform. Like, do you have anything more to say? Like, just really like let them go in. Cause they'll write like stupid shit. Like you're gay. I'm like, I'm like, cool. Like, let's go into that. Like, get, tell us more. Like, How gay do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, go, go. And, um, it's been, it's hilarious. Cause then other people jumped on board and they like clap back on them and like, it creates this whole scene. So I don't know, like, it's good not it's good to have thick skin um especially with a brand i think with yes. a with like a personal brand it maybe is a little different um but when you're starting a company it's like if you're not pissing some people off like you're nobody's falling right. in love with you either like everybody's just kind of like Meh, you don't really matter you got to make some emotions you got to draw mm -hmm. some emotions out of people yeah i definitely get been fun. like um there was a message just recently some dude was like oh you know all she does is swear it was like some it was on my Sirius XM show some dude posted on like my co-host page being like oh man she's got such a trash mouth and then like he's he like swore in his message yeah in such my, a fucking trash she's mouth. got such a fucking worry mouth it's like well sir just just calm down go for a walk that's usually yeah. my go-to it's like just go for a walk yeah, yeah but for the most part these people just want they, they need somebody totally they're lonely yeah People are lonely. And we say that too. We're like, like it sounds like we're really happy you found a platform and everything to express <laughs> yourself, but really it just sounds like you need like some more attention or like someone to talk to. And like we do donate to an organization called MAPS. This is true. We do. And they're, they're developing like therapeutic usages for psychedelics, but this isn't ready yet. So we can connect you with a therapist. Like we write yes. comments like that. And it's hilarious. They're working we get on the back. first, first trials. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <gasps> ready for like I'm actually doing. So there's ketamine clinics now. Yeah. So I'm doing a ketamine therapy session in like a couple of weeks. Oh, you have to let me know what that's like. I want yeah. to do one so bad. One of my, someone I know is a psychiatrist who has a ketamine clinic in West Hollywood. Right. So yeah, there's ketamine clinics and there has been for a while now, but this is a place called Field Trip. <laughs> and so they're developing these like clinics that aren't 
it, it's like a convergence of Western and Eastern. So you walk in, they have, you know, there's consultation rooms. They have a, like an amazing itinerary that they put you through. And then there's treatment rooms. But more importantly, there's integration rooms. So a lot of things that are missing from most of the clinics around here is like the integration part. Like they have, like you walk in, this is how it's currently done at most places. You walk in and you have like a doctor or a nurse, like administer intravenous ketamine and like, cool, have fun. Like they leave the room and you're in there by yourself and you just like go off into like space. And then, and then an hour later they walk back in and they're like, cool, you're all done. And you're like, like, <laughs> I need someone when? to hold me. Yeah. Mom. And then they, and then they like, cool, go send you on your way. And I picked up a friend who did one and I was like sitting in the waiting room, just like watching people like leave the place. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Were they all just like, yeah. Like, where am I? Yeah. There's like not geo magazines around. They're like grabbing them and like, I don't know. It was funny. Just walking out crawling. So, so yeah, field trip, they have like a room. So you go and sit in this room that's like covered in rugs and there's like plants everywhere. And like they serve you tea. They're going to serve mud water there. And you, uh, you like, you know, integrate with the experience for like an hour after. And there's people to talk to about it. And, um, and that's then the so, way you, to do it. so you have like a session, you do like your little integration after, and then you come in the next week and you have an integration session. So it's not even, you don't get any of the the medicine and you um you just talk to the therapist about your previous session and then you do another session and then another integration so it's like slower process but a lot more intentional and so they're developing that for ketamine and then hopefully in the next couple years psilocybin will be offered there and mdma i mean that's the way it should be if you can go and get you know if there's a methadone clinic and there's doctor's offices where you can be prescribed opioids like i feel like this is that this is the future For this sure. is the future of health this is the future of people actually being cured mm-hmm. and i like i believe that with every fiber of my being that ketamine psilocybin and you know various psychedelics even marijuana like these implemented properly especially with like that sort of extra step of having you know what did you call how did integration integration can really seal the whole process because, you know, for people who don't normally do anything, yeah, they need some sort of, there's got to be some sort of, like, bleed in and out. Like, a little there's bit of gotta a, be a, a bumper. There's, like, there's a couple of things. There's, like, yeah, if you've never done anything like that, there's, like, no context. And so it can feel very abstract. And for some people, they could have, like, a really challenging time. And that challenging session might be exactly what they needed had they had like somebody to help interpret it for them. Yes. But like somebody might walk out like that was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. I got attacked by panda bears. Yeah, maybe it made it like way worse. Like a snake was wrapped around my head. A snake ate my dick. um, Yeah, so it's that's a crucial, crucial component. How did your friend Um, like it? So it was Paul. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, and he wrote about it. Like he loved it, Um, but he had no previous experience. So I had done like ayahuasca experiences and it's really um heavy like the importance of integration is like driven home and for me i totally resonate with that because almost more powerful than the experience itself like the weekends that i had done it was like the aftermath and feeling um i guess like empowered to take inventory of a lot of areas of my life and empowered to start different habits so like starting a meditation practice like really eating healthy because i felt like i had a better relationship with what was going on in my body and mind like I can like hear how things were um 
like if I ate certain things, drank certain things, hang out with certain people, like I could feel it on a different level. And you feel like the integration process sort of helped you identify those different mm-hmm. like factors within your yeah. own being. Yeah, it made it it made it very intentional, like the aftermath like the experience is one thing, but like you just you, they they always call it like picked up the phone you got the message like you hang up and like take action you don't just like stay on the line right or hang up and like do nothing about it like the real um work start kind of like happens afterwards and, like, and the intention like intention is such a huge aspect of yeah. ayahuasca that i've been told because yeah, yeah. i haven't done it yet but that's one word that keeps coming up and even just with like any sort of energy work or um, anything where you're going into like a meditation, anything where you go inwards, mm-hmm. I think just going blindly without any sort of not plan so much as an intention of what you want to get out of the experience, you're really doing yourself a disservice to the experience and to what the medicine can provide. Yeah. And it's not even just in like in that space of like healing it's like with everything you do like simon sinek who's like big in the business world wrote a book called start with why and it's like if you're starting a business like start with why like why are you doing it like what is the soul of what you're doing and ultimately that's because that's gonna lead that's gonna determine like your success rate and endurance athletes the same thing like why are you doing this race like why are you there's like endurance athletes that do like 200 mile runs. Like you better have a good reason why you're doing it because at a certain point that like feeling of this is really tough. Like I kind of want to quit. My foot really hurts. It's super hot. <laughs> like those and thoughts then David will come Goggins in. is like, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. You're a Quiet fucking inner bitch. bitch. So David Goggins has some like probably very strange, like dark wives. Oh, his wives I mean? are dark. Yeah. The um, darkest wives ever. Yeah. But they but yeah, work. But yeah, like it translates everywhere. Like when you're starting a business to comedy art like why are you creating like that's ultimately going to be that underlying driving force and then going into like an ayahuasca experience where you don't really know what you're going to see um like it's important to have like be rooted in like this is why i'm here so you can always kind of draw back to that and that can help like most likely that purpose or that reason is going to be like positive like you're trying to inspire some positive change in your life in some way and so, like, remembering that can kind of take you out of some dark realms. And what what do you mind sharing, like, what a couple of your whys have been during ayahuasca trips? Like, do you have, like, a consistent one or? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, more recently I did a experience called Combo. And Combo is uh, they take a f- this certain frog and they. Oh, yeah, they scrape. The, <laughs> they scrape this, like, it's, secretion it's from like, their yeah. back. And then they'll burn, they'll take almost like these incense sticks and burn holes, they call them gates, into your skin. But it's basically like breaking through the the skin barrier into your bloodstream and they'll pack that stuff into those holes. And it's not really a psychedelic experience, but it like puts you through, like it's terrible. Is it? (laughs) Every time I've done it, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I've done it four times. Um, But yeah, within... (laughs) Within like, <laughs> within 30 seconds, you're just like, you can feel it's, po- it feels like you, you have an allergic reaction. Like you just feel this, like, boof, boof, like you feel your heart rate, you feel your body temperature increase. And then within like a minute, your like stomach is just like wrenching to the point where you, you can't really sit up and you're just like dying and then you puke a lot. So it's a physiological effect. Total physiological effect, but it's, it can be depending on like how much you take, it can be so intense that at least my interpretation of it was, it was like, 
such an intense experience that it put me in flow state almost not in a good way but like when you're in flow state you're not really like thinking about Mm -mm. what's going on you're just doing and you're acting kind of like you're just so in the moment that you don't have to think before you act and this was like that like because it was so shitty like I was I thought I was dying but I I wasn't even like am I dying like I I wasn't thinking about it I was just like and then in in reflection I was able to like look back and be like that was a really heavy experience because like I wasn't even I wasn't watching the experience like there was no narration or anything like it was just like so intense and raw and brought me into that present moment which in a sense is kind of psychedelic like it it, is like but I wasn't like seeing visions or anything I literally thought I was going blind (laughs) like it's fucked up um so Can back you to like this? <laughs> back to like start with why like why am i doing this <laughs> i don't know if, I, if, if you yeah. why if i want to hear your why <laughs> no um so because so i did this once like a year ago before going into an ayahuasca experience and then it was pretty simple like i was like i want to do this so I can kind of like find my why for the ayahuasca experience. <laughs> so it's like a why for a why. It's like, a, it's like an inception why. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to go deep to find a why and come back out and meta, then get my why like, and then put it back in deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're weaving Which isn't why. isn't that strong of a why. <laughs> no, it's a weaker why, but I think it could be a stronger why once you put it in a different <laughs> yeah, depth. Yeah. So, um, so have a strong why. That wasn't a strong why. It was a really tough experience. But coming into uh, summer this year in May... Uh, I just had like a really wild ride, like a, a really interesting, challenging relationship. Um, but ultimately, like that relationship made me see that there was like these patterns and cycles that I was like continuously putting myself in with different women and like types of women and in my own involvement in those patterns too being expressed. And I was just it was like a a really cool insight where I was like, whoa, I'm like back in this same kind of rhythm um, that I've been in maybe for like the past decade. What is that rhythm? I mean, it's kind of nuanced. It's like these, it's like a feel like putting somebody in a position where they're feeling a certain type of way or like them putting in me in position where I'm feeling type of way, chasing people who aren't available and vice versa, like these types of things, like wondering why that is and wondering if maybe like a lot of the patterns that we have are almost like addictions. Like we're addicted to certain feelings, even if those feelings like conceptually might not feel good it's like anxious and like you're like people get addicted to um like certain aspects of love like jealousy even yeah of course where you're like you're addicted to that that sucks and, and like they're not in control really because it's just like biological chemicals that they've experienced and it's like and what they were raised with like whatever yeah. they're whatever <clears throat> they were exposed to as a kid sometimes that that ex- that love exposure whatever that love language mm-hmm. was when they were a kid whatever they witnessed they'll create the environment to bring them back to that because they think the jealousy Without, is It's love. like subconscious almost mm-hmm. too. Um, so like meditation on a, on like a micro level, like does this where it allows us to repattern, allows us to see perspective, but like something like combo or like a near death experience or like an amazing experience, they can all have the ability to kind of like rapidly transform and like change oh, yeah. patterns in your life or like a, a loved one going through something like boom, your life can be like shifted. Right. And so something like combo is really interesting because it it's like a controlled life changing event. Like you're like going through a near death experience. You're like, but I can just do it next weekend. Like I don't have to wait for the near death experience, and I don't. And the near death experience, like it's completely safe. Like you feel like you're gonna die, but you're not. 
It sounds and, terrible. But like, but that's <laughs> awesome though, right? No, I know. It's, it's like, it's, that's where there's, uh, there's change rooted in that. Right. It's like, you can wait until you get in a car accident, hope you survive and be like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> right. Or you, you hope can, you get that Or real. you can just be like, I'm going to put myself through the next best, like the next closest thing by choice and come out of it with the same result. Right. Like and a so controlled, was, a controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of the reason was to like, I saw these patterns in my life and I'm like, I'm. I'm done with that and I'm going <laughs> to have this crazy fucking experience and hopefully like let go of that shit because I'm coming into it with that why like that's my intention. And so in like these plant medicine ceremonies and like that spirit world, they're really big on intention because of the experience being so powerful that if your intention is set, you know, if your mind believes that that's true and like the experience is so strong, it can create that that platform to kind of like let things go or invite new things in that's the power of the mind like people don't even it's totally realize. it's totally like joe dispenza world and like using yeah. these uh because joe dispenza always talks about creating um it's like creating these states in your mind that are malleable like he he does tons of like these meditation things in his books and that's what he's doing he's like creating like a shit what does he call it like a belief state yep almost and so, like, I think, like, intention setting and going through, like, these experiences is kind of the same. Like, you're creating this belief state. And, like, when I felt like I was dying and then all of a sudden I felt amazing, I was like, it's it's working, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, like, ultimately that's my own relationship with it. Like, somebody else might be like, this is bullshit. And for them, maybe it will be bullshit. And for me, like, I was like, fuck yeah, like, that that worked. But you also are the type of person who's a little bit more open. So people yeah. who approach it with a, this is bullshit mentality they're the ones who could benefit. I mean, not that you don't benefit immensely from it, but mm -hmm. people who have that sort of mentality would benefit so immensely from something like this if they were able to step out of their self a little bit and open themselves up to the to the realm of change happening outside of their normal, whatever their health regimen has been. Totally. You know what I mean? Like stepping out outside of taking the Tylenol and drinking skim milk. Yeah. Like that sort of traditional American approach. And, and a lot of people look at it as woo-woo. They look at this stuff as like, you know, witchcraft. And yeah. it's really not. Once you start putting your... Once you start really dismantling your ego and starting to put your your fears and your your beliefs into a place where they can be understood, like through mm -hmm. meditation and all that, that's when you start to break your behavior and change your behavior. Yeah. Like you were talking about, you know, wanting to evolve or alter how you've been going into relationships. Those things, like you said, are so ingrained how the, who you put into your life and how you approach them is so ingrained. Years of patterning. Oh, yeah. It's ancestral. Reinforcements, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. And the reinforce, the reinforcements are reinforcing behavior that m more often than not is toxic. Mm -hmm. And in that toxicity is what continues that cycle of choosing the same person. Like girls will often message me when I do Dr. Peluso's, they'll be like, why do I, why do I date assholes? There's only the, all men are assholes. And it's like the, that, that, no, that's not, you're, you're the asshole. Mm -hmm. You're viewing yourself as an asshole and, and you're I've attracting that. For sure. We all and, have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all but that's have been why assholes. like I can see it now and I'm like, I want to there's certain things that I definitely want to change and there's certain things about what I want to go after what I'm like looking for that I want to change too. you know, what, so, yeah. what do you would you say you want to change the most about yourself? Hmm. Right now, it's like I 
I feel like I'm trying to find a good balance of being able to like enjoy, like have true joy in what I'm doing. I think it's like something that I've gotten a lot better at, but before, like you said, like I'm constantly creating and I find joy in that, but sometimes it's like this, like I don't have a break. And one of the the best things about the first time I ever did ayahuasca, it was like the, um, it was the first time that I felt like I could just like do nothing. So like even I've gone to breath work classes and various things. And even in those classes, sometimes I'm like, am I doing it right? Like, or if I feel amazing in the experience, like I'm like, what should I get from this? Like, what should I try to manifest or whatever it is? And in this ayahuasca experience, like drank the medicine was sitting around you're in a room full of people and everybody's kind of having their own thing. Like some people are feeling really terrible, like internally, like they're puking and purging some people are feeling like intense body pain like physical pain and some people are kind of like just tripping out on their own thing and I remember sitting in the room and it was starting to come on very strong and I was just like watching people and I was like I feel amazing (laughs) and like felt really really good and I was like maybe something's wrong with that and but like people always talk about ayahuasca has like a voice and it's not it wasn't like a like a grandmother spoke to me, but it was like, um, she's like, you want to go out Friday? I'm going out with grandpa. (laughs) But it was like, it, like something came over me that just made me feel like just relax. Like literally you don't have to do anything. Just like literally let go of everything. And for six hours, I just like lied down, probably feeling the best I've ever felt physically. People were going through stuff and I was like seeing like, oh, like I normally would have been like, maybe I, maybe I need to like drink more. Like I need to, like I'm doing something wrong. Like I always felt like I was doing something wrong or I need to do more. And it was like, no, I don't. And it was a crazy feeling similar to like picking up the phone and like I saw it, like I have access to that still. Like I still have access to that feeling. have been there here and there, but it's like this feeling of contentment contentment while having an experience and so it's like this balance and so when I'm trying to like I constantly have things that I like to do I love to paint but I love to create all the time but I need to like be conscious of why I'm doing it and making sure I'm doing it because it's like really bringing me joy and I'm not doing it for like some external validation I guess because then the most pure like you'll be more your being will be in the painting more than it just being a painting. Yeah. And it's tricky because the output looks very similar, right? Like if I'm painting out of pure joy and fun, like I'm like creating paintings. And if I'm painting because it's like, I think people think I should be making more art or like I need to be doing more. It like looks like more paintings. And so it's really tough to discern, but it really comes from that why place. That's like the only difference. And that for a lot of people, you know, just knowing that having a why can give them, I mean, that's like one of the the more important things in life is like what keeps you alive. Like, why mm. do you wake up in the morning? You know what I mean? True. Like that people don't even ask that. And I think it comes from a place of being humbled and like realizing how gratitude can sort of lead your day. Gratitude is kind of a grounding down into a why too, right? I think it yeah. is. I do. I think it is like I've experienced more gratitude, but the, the more I get humbled by life, the more grateful I feel. Mm. The more hardships I go through, the more I realize how fleeting this all is and how interconnections with people and what, like, just me continuing through my hard times, how important that is for other people. Right. And so I think, like, 
maybe people just waking up and feeling grateful for the day can help them discover what their why is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, I want it, it might even be the why might be having more feelings like that. Like people who have a gratitude practice, it's like from what I've read about people who suggest that it's like just remembering the feeling that you're like trying to create more of like you're a tuning fork. And like, if you don't, like there's lots of things to be grateful for, even small little things. <clears throat> and like if you can like embody that feeling here and there, like at least you know like what you're trying to resonate more with. Right. Yeah. You're, you you're, go out and make more of that, find things that create that feeling in you. Absolutely. And putting yourself in an environment where that can be repeated. Right. Um, we have a couple questions. We have a couple questions from people. Now these sometimes these are random questions. Um this one I think you might have <laughs> some input on. I don't know why you would have some input on it just because you're a guy and you have a differing opinion. Epapa27 says, how do you survive a mostly sexless marriage? Everything else is pretty good with small kids. <laughs> you know, you want to tackle that one because you come from people who are still married? Not that you know about their sex lives. Well, it sounds like, no offense, but it sounds like your grandparents are still smashing. I think grandpa's getting down. They're still smashing on Fridays. They're probably going out tonight. I mean, I remember not even, when it was probably 10 years ago, like me and I was with all my little cousins and I was like the oldest cousin. We were going around grandpa's like guest room. Like we'd play (laughs) video games in there and whatnot. And my little cousin like sneaks around this little corner and finds like a box and he opens it and it's full of like nudie bags. <laughs> Grandpa, what the fuck? It's like 80. He's like 91 now. But he's a Just dude. Just crushing it. He's a dude. Um, so maybe, yeah, get some nudie mags. You I gotta guess. mix it up. I think you should mix it up. No more Most missionary. Just marriage, yeah. Um, it's sexless probably because you're complacent. Both of you are complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, get good sleep. Get good sleep. Good sleep. I mean, use that as an opportunity to get good sleep. Yeah. Not to worry about the sex life. Bone it um, out and then sleep. Um, get a babysitter. Well, it depends. Are you trying to get like more sex in your life or are you just trying to be happy without it? Like, I don't know. Ooh, that's a really good question. There's, there's a couple of different strategies there probably. I think if you're trying to be happy without it, that's going to take a lot of excavation. It's going to be tough. That's going to be hard, and you might have to become a monk and move to a different mm-hmm. country where men wear robes and you just hum into the universe for hours. Mm-hmm. Try that. Or get nudie mags. I would, you know, <laughs> I, I think Shane's right in this instance where you have to go one end of the of the spectrum. You either need to dive solely into figuring out if you want to be happy without sex or realize that maybe what's been working isn't working anymore and mm-hmm. the hardest thing people i think that the hardest thing people have the thing that people have the hardest time with is change and in order to make the relationship change you have to change individually in order to do that you have to put yourself out on a limb and and take responsibility and accountability for things that you've done that have attributed to the relationship running dry and that's painful. That's hard to do to be like, mm, well, I guess I could put some lipstick on. Maybe I should shave once in a while. Um, but this is a fixable thing. I honestly think like marriages have turned around. It just takes maybe a little bit of kink. Maybe mm-hmm. you just need to figure out each other's kink. A good book too to read is called Way of the Superior Man. Have you heard of this book? No, but it sounds like some it's, real propaganda. It's not. It's, it's not. It's the. Have you read the book? All men are the. No, it's the, not. It's not about that. It's 
literally it's really though about um the masculine feminine like polarities and how important that is in relationships especially in regards to like sexual chemistry and how he gives you like tactical advice on how to like promote that and how to uh dive deeper into that and also just identify where it's at currently so it's um i've somebody gave it to me and i've given it to probably like five people in my life and they're all like holy shit and then i've had their girlfriends like find it and they're like holy shit you're saving relationships (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like Um, whoa (laughs) no but yeah it's not a like he man woman haters club or like a men are better thing at all uh actually like they talk about like the masculine feminine that can happen in same-sex relationships it can it can be reversed where like the the female is the masculine role in a a male female relationship even but it's just about the um i guess like the energy of those those two different elements Yeah. yeah and how they can interchange and don't get scared dudes like it doesn't mean like your girl's going to be pegging you unless you want her to (laughs) just keep your mind open. I think people, you know, need to get used to like opening their mind a little bit more. Um, DJQ 93. Are you pro second amendment? Um, is that gun rights? Yeah. Right to bear arms. I've shot a gun once. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, I I do want to hunt. So like I've been, uh, I have a couple of friends who've gotten pretty into hunting. I feel like everyone's just kind of like taking like the Joe Rogan lifestyle and trying to like live that out. <laughs> but I mean, it seems Dude, to be working for coyotes. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Go try to find some elk. Um, my friend just sent me a bunch of wild game meat and it's been amazing. So uh, like I really want to get into hunting because I feel like it's important to at least experience what it feels like to kill the things that we eat. Um, and, and so lately I've honestly been eating like only fish cause I've pretty much only killed fish. Unfortunately, <laughs> <That> <laughs> uh, fish is, I've, I've been like veg- pescatarian essentially, you know? Um, <clears throat> and I really don't back, uh, like farming or, uh, what's it called? Like, like farm raised, farm raised cattle, like, killing, yeah, like slaughterhouse. Like just, yeah. I'm not about that. So I, I really only want to eat the animals that like me or my friends kill and so that's going to be like i i totally support right to bear arms because i want to eventually bear arm i think that would be a you know a good litmus test for people like maybe what we should do is close all of the butchers like any of the butchers in the grocery stores and the only way you can get your meat is if you're able to hunt it yourself like maybe we need to raise the the uh, populations back (laughs) focus on that Mm -hmm. and then it's every man for himself out in the wild yeah. And then eventually, you know, women will get involved. There'll be a lot of hot pink bows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it would be like a sort of scenario where we can start to live off the land again and also have like really cute outfits. Let's do it. Just There's also thought. like regenerative agriculture where you can still like eat cows and chickens, but in a way that um, is a lot more ethical, I think, and sustainable too. But overall, it's probably going to make us have to eat less meat like in general i'm good with that yeah i mean i think the earth would be good with that too for what it's doing to the planet um let's see uh jay shaw says no questions for you jess sending positive vibes to no pants nance thank you they call my mom no pants nance that's her nickname because one of my friends one night um 
he stayed over in my guest room at my mom's house and he went to go to the bathroom at the same time my mom didn't and she had no pants on and so they call her no pants pants <laughs> um let's see what 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 you want huh <laughs> hmm. i had a really hard time what reading that how to start a podcast can you share how you started and what is needed well you just started a new podcast but also video cast called voices you want to tell yeah. them about that yeah, so I'm starting a podcast through Mudwater where I'm going to interview, like I call it just giving a voice to the unheard. Um, so right now it's starting with interviewing people in the local community who are living on the street, essentially. Uh, growing up, I lived in Santa Cruz, I uh, went to college in San Diego, I lived in San Francisco, and then I lived here. So there's like all the places I've lived in every place had a pretty big homeless community. Um like Santa Cruz has like a very massive homeless community. And I think because of that, I was just like witness to the polarity of people's opinions about what's going on. And um, normally I kind of observe people who are like completely opposed to each other. And then I know that there's like some deeper truth there that I want to explore. And so with like homelessness, you hear people say like, they need to get a job. They need to like, like, what are they doing? They're just like get the fuck off the street, that kind of thing. And it's definitely not that simple. It's very complex. So two years ago, I started just going out and like with my phone, just recording voice memos with homeless people around my house. And then I would take the audio recording. I would overlay it on a time lapse of me painting their portrait. And uh, I would post it to my Instagram and people were like, holy shit, like this is changing how I view people. Like now they're walking by somebody with that context or frame and they're um, maybe a little bit more compassionate, but also like just interested in the solution because it's really easy to say, just get a job. But most of these people are, it's just a lot more complicated. Like I interviewed a lawyer, like everybody had like amazing perspective on life. They just didn't feel, well, it seemed like a common denominator was some form of like loneliness um, that led to a lack of community around them. And then some hardship came and then there's no support system at all and then you're out on the street and I think we're because we're very adaptive like once you're out on the street for a certain amount of time that's your it's life like, it's in our DNA to be like this is this is the new norm and almost like take pride in that yep. and be like not only do I not want to like get out like I this is what I want and like you find you meet friends you kind of find pride and purpose in that community in that system so it's a really deep systemic problem um, but on a deeper level too I, I just feel like the same with like my physical body if there's an ailment like I go into that try to figure out what went wrong or like how to heal it and when you're looking at like the homeless situation like I feel like I want to go into the like that circumstance and I feel like the solution probably rests somewhere there where you can kind of backtrack it like how did we get into a culture and civilization that perpetuates this from perpetuates this to happen and how do we ultimately like fix it so yeah what I'm doing now is doing that on a larger scale like we'll be launching a YouTube channel around it and um, hoping to launch the first one in the next two weeks and you're also you're painting them and I'm painting them yeah 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 so we have a couple I have a couple downstairs they're getting painted large format so it's like four feet wide six feet tall like realism but also abstract in a way that I hope um, showcases their personality in, in a unique way. Uh, but like the size and scale 
um, ironically, I think is like the size and scale that would typically be reserved for like the elite or the uh, like the celebrities of culture. And so the whole thing there is like, it'll be at like one of Paltrow's office. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm so sad about the homeless paintball. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about like painting them wearing like Gucci, oh, like that's so Gucci jackets and dope. stuff like that. That would be um, really dope. But yeah, I mean, I used to paint like a lot of celebrities and like pop culture references. And um, like I painted a painting called the 27 Club and it was like Joplin and Hendrix and all these people who passed away at a young age. And I think like a very interesting thing is that like a lot of the people who are at like the top and peak of culture with like all eyes on them, like they suffer from the same problems as the people who are at the bottom. Yep. Who are like, like it's kind of like lonely on both sides almost like you're so high and on this pedestal that you're also lonely and you suffer from anxiety, depression, alcoholism, addiction. And people are like, insane. what's the matter? They had it all. Well, you don't mm -hmm. have it all. You don't. You, no. That's a, that's a, that's the problem with the, the mindset is like, Oh, you had so much. Why weren't you happy? Well, because all of that doesn't do anything mm -hmm. to your soul. If your soul's cracked, you can't fill it with gold. You just can't. Yeah. And like people, I think the other part is like you had it all, but what is it? what is all like money and fame and and all like, that goes away like that it obviously doesn't lead to like happiness it doesn't lead to and, sustainable happiness or mm -hmm. a realistic happiness where you know i think people think happiness is a place and it's it's a it's a state of mind but it's a fleeting state of mind and not happiness is exhausting like you're not mm -hmm. meant to be happy all the time so right. it's like also realizing what that balance is and to be grateful and, and realize that when you do have those moments where you feel connected and, con and content, content yeah. that contentment should be happiness, mm -hmm. not a G wagon. But right. if that also makes you happy, go ahead. But just yeah. know that that comes at a different cost. Start and it's $150,000. <laughs> <laughs> Start with why. Okay, Shane Heath, if you had to say a quick why for why you get up in the morning, what would you tell these fine folk? What's Shane Heath's why? I really like the opportunity to like change people's minds about things. And I think part of that is like inspiring people. Like even like passing along a song that I like to somebody and having them be like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like I love that transference of like something that I see into somebody else's mind. So like creating art, creating a company, a product, like all these things like really get me up every morning. Because I think they kind of start to do that. They do. Yeah. I think your art is beautiful. And I obviously, I love mud water. It's gotten the jitters out of my soul. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank you for my reduced anxiety and mm -hmm. able to be more present. And thank you for your time. I'm sure you're going to be on here talking some more mental Hell health yeah. soon. And um, Joe, Dis I can I never say his last name. Dispens Dispenza. 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 Yeah. You guys have to check him out. Check him out on YouTube. His stuff is amazing. It's good. Um, I'll put the links to all the books that he mentioned and also Mudwater. Don't forget, 10% off using code SharpTongue. Mudwater.com forward slash SharpTongue. Use code SharpTongue to get 10% off. Is that right? Get it. I'll put the link down. I don't know if it's right. You guys will figure it out. Yeah. We're taking it one day at a time. Mudwater.com, right? M-U-D-W-T-R. That's right. We don't got time for the A or the E. Mm -mm. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.